The last execution by guillotine was four months after the release of Star Wars A New Hope. Welcome to just me being here. Because Jan and Red is both ill this week and I'm just recovering from a cold. So they decided to slack off and left me hanging with the joyful task of giving you a little bit of another story. The plan was to actually record a couple of semi-scary Halloween-related, death-kind-of-related Norwegian folk tales, kind of similar to the Christmas ones I did last Christmas and things like that. But my voice gave out, and now it's late and I want to sleep. So, here's the tale of White Bear King Valamon, Kvitebjørn Kong Valamon. Which is one of my favorites, and I think it's one that, despite not being Halloween-related, still is a little bit of fun, and hopefully you'll enjoy that. Uh, yeah, and if this is interesting to you, go back to the packlog. Try to check out the Christmas episode last year or the year before. Uh, try to ignore my terrible mic skills and voice, and maybe find something enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's it. We'll be back next week. Stronger, fitter, better, faster, all of that. But for now, enjoy. Bye. King Valmon, the White Bear Now once on a time there was, as there always might be, a king. He had two daughters who were ugly and bad, but a third was as fair and as soft as the bright day. And the king and everyone was glad of her. So one day she dreamt of a golden wreath that was so lovely she couldn't live until she had it. But as she could not get it, she grew sullen and wouldn't so much as talk for grief. And when the king knew it was the wreath she sorrowed for, he sent out a pattern cut just like the one that the princess had dreamt of, and sent the word to goldsmiths in every land to see if they could get the like of it. So the goldsmiths worked night and day, but some of the reeds she tossed away from her, and the rest she would not so much as look at. But once, when she was in the wood, she set her eyes upon a white bear, who had the very wreath she had dreamed of between his paws and played with it. Then she wanted to buy it. No, it was not for sale for money, but she might have it if he might have her. Yes, she said. It was not worth living without it. It was all the same to her whither she went and whom she got, if she could only have the wreath. And so it was settled between them that he should fetch her when three days were up, and that day was a Thursday. So when she came home with the wreath, everyone was glad because she was glad again. And the king said he thought it could never be so hard to stop a white bear. So the third day he turned out his whole army round the castle to withstand him. But when the white bear came, there was no one who could stand before him, for no weapon could bite in his side, and he hurled them down right and left, so that they lay in heaps on either side. All this the king thought right down to scathe, so he sent out his eldest daughter, and the white bear took her upon his back and went off with her, and when they had gone far and farther than far, the white bear asked, Have you ever sat softer, and have you ever seen clearer? Yes, on my mother's lap I sat softer, 
and in my father's hall I saw Clara, she said. Oh, said the white bear, then you're not the right one. With that he hunted her home again. The next Thursday he came again, and it all went just the same. The army went out to withstand the white bear, but neither iron nor steel bit in his side. So he dashed them down like grass till the king begged him to hold hard, and then he sent out to him his next oldest daughter. And the white bear took her on his back and went off with her. So when they had travelled far and farther than far, the white bear asked, Have you ever seen Claire? And have you ever sat softer? Yes, she said. In my father's hall I saw Claire, and in my mother's lap I sat softer. Oh, then you're not the right one, said the white bear. With that he hunted her too, home again. The third Thursday he came again, and then he smote the army harder than he had done before, so the king thought he couldn't let him slay his whole army like that, and he gave his third daughter in God's name. So he took her up on his back, and went away far and farther than far, and when they had gone deep, deep into the wood, he asked her, as he had asked the others, whether she had ever sat softer or seen clearer. No, never, she said. Ah, he said, you're the right one. So they came to a castle which was so grand that the one her father had was the like the poorest place when set against it. There she was to be and live happily. And she was to have nothing else to do but to see that the fire never went out. The bear was away by day, but at night he was with her, and then he was a man. So all went well for three years, but each year she had a baby, and he took it and carried it off as soon as ever it came into the world. Then she got more and more dull, and begged she might have leave to go home and see her parents. Well, there was nothing to stop that, but first she had to give her word that she would listen to what her father said but not to what her mother wished. So she went home, and when they were alone with her and she had told how she was treated, her mother wanted to give her a light to take back that she might see what kind of man he was. But her father said no, she mustn't do that, for it will lead to harm and not to gain. But however it happened, so it happened. She got a bit of a candle end to take with her when she started. So the first thing she did when he was sound asleep was to light the candle and, and throw a light on him. And he was so lovely, she never thought she could gaze enough at him. But as she held the candle over, a hot drop of tallow dropped on his forehead and he woke up. What is this you have done, he said. Now you have made us both unlucky. There was no more than a month left and had you lasted it out, I should have been saved. For a hag of the trolls had witched me. And I am a white bear by day, but now it is all over between us, for now I must go to her and take her to wife. She wept and bemoaned herself, but he must set off, and he would set off. Then she asked if she might not go with him. No, he said. There was no way of doing that. But for all that, when he set off in his bear shape, she took hold of his shaggy hide and threw herself upon his back and held fast. So away they went over crags and hills and through brakes and briars, till her clothes were torn off her back and she was so dead tired that she let go her hold and lost her wits. When she came to herself she was in a great wood, 
and then she set off again, but she could not tell whither she was going. So after a long, long time she came to a hut, and there she saw two women, an old woman and a pretty little girl. Then the princess asked, had they seen anything of King Valamon, the white bear? Yes, they said. He passed by here this morning early, but he went so fast you'll never be able to catch up with him. As for the girl, she ran about clipping in the air and playing with a pair of golden scissors, which were of that kind that silk and satin stuffs flew all about her if she only clipped the air with them. Where they were, there was never any want of clothes. But this woman, said the little lass, who is to go so far and on such bad ways, she will suffer much. She may well have more need of these scissors than I to cut out her clothes with. And as she said that, she begged her mother so hard that at last she got leave to give away the scissors. So away travelled the princess through the wood, seemed never to come to an end. And she travelled both day and night, and the next morning she came to another hut. In it there was also two women, old wife and a young girl. Good day, said the princess. Have you seen anything of King Valamon, the white bear? That's what she asked them. Was it you, maybe, who was to have him, said the old wife. Yes, it was. Well, he passed by yesterday, but he went so fast you'll never be able to catch up with him. This little girl played about on the floor with a flask, which was of the kind it poured out every drink anyone wished to have. But this poor wife, said the girl, who has to go so far on such bad ways, I think she may well be thirsty and suffer much other ill. No doubt she needs this flask more than I. And so she asked if he might have leave to give her the flask. Yes, that leave she might have. So the princess got the flask and thanked them, and set off again away through the same wood, both that day and the next night too. On the third morning she came to a hut, where there was also an old wife and a little girl. Good day, said the princess. Good day to you, said the old wife. Have you seen anything of King Valamon the white bear, she asked. Maybe it was you who was to have him, said the old wife. Yes, it was. Well, he passed by here the day before yesterday, but he went so fast you'll never be able to catch up with him. This little girl played about on the floor with a napkin, which was of the kind that when one said on it, napkin spread yourself out and be covered with all the dainty dishes, it did so, and where it was there was never any want of a good dinner. But this poor wife, said the little girl, who has to go so far over such bad ways, she may well be starving and suffering much other ill. I dare say she has far more need of this napkin than I. And so she asked if she might have leave to give her the napkin, and she got it. So the princess took the napkin and thanked them, and set off again far and farther than far away through the same murk wood all day and night, and in the morning she came to a crossfell which was as steep as a wall and so high and broad she could not see no end to it. There was a hut here too, and as soon as she set foot inside she said, Good day, have you seen if King Valmont the white bear has passed by? Good day to you, said the old wife, it was you maybe who was to have him. Yes, it was. Well, he passed by and went up over the hill three days ago, but up that nothing can get that is wingless. That hut, you must know, was all so full of small bairns, and they all hung around their mother's skirts and bawled for food. Then the goody put on a pot on the fire full of small round pebbles, 
When the princess asked what it was for, a goodie said they were so poor they had neither food nor clothing, and it went to the, her heart to hear the children screaming for a morsel of food. But when she put the pot on the fire and said, the potatoes will soon be ready, the words dulled their hunger and they all were patient a while. It was not long before the princess brought out a napkin and a flask, that you may be sure. And when the children were all full and glad, she cut them out clothes with the gold and scissors. Well, said the goody in the hut, since you've been so kind and good towards me and the bairns, it were shame if I didn't do all in my power to try to help you over the hill. My husband is one of the best smiths in the land, and now you must lie down and rest till he comes home, and then I'll get him to forge you claws for your hands and feet, and then you can see if you can crawl and scramble up. So when the smith came home, he set to work at once at the claws, and the next morning they were ready. She had no time to stay, but said thank you, then clung close to the rock and crept and crawled with steel claws all day and the next night. And just as she felt so very, very tired that she thought she could scarce lift hand or foot, but would slip down, there she was all right at the top. There she found a plain tilled fields and meadows so big and broad she never thought there could be any land so wide and so flat. And close by was a castle full of workmen of all kinds who swarmed like ants on an anthill. What is going on here? asked the princess. Well, if she must know, there lived the old hag who had bewitched King Valmon, the white bear. And in three days she was to hold her wedding feast with him. Then she asked if he might have a word with her. No, was it likely? It was quite impossible. So she sat down under the window and banged a clip in the air with the golden scissors till the silks and satins flew about her as thick as the snowdrift. But when the old hag saw that, she was all for buying the golden scissors, for she said, All our tailors can do is no good at all. We have too many to find clothes for. So the princess said, It was not for sale for money, but she could have it if she got leave to sleep with her sweetheart that night. Yes, the old hag said. She might have that leave and welcome, but she herself must lull him off to sleep and wake him in the morning. So when he went to bed, she gave him a sleeping draught, so that he could not keep an eye open, for all that the princess cried and wept. Next day, the princess went out under the window again and began to pour out drink from her flask. It frothed like a brook with ale and wine, and it was never empty. So when the old hag saw that, she was all for buying it, for she said, For all our brewing and stilling, it's no good. We have too many to find drink for. But the princess said, It was not for sale for money, but if she might have leave to sleep with her sweetheart that night, she might have it. Well, the old hag said, She might have that leave and welcome, but she must herself lull him off to sleep and wake him in the morning. So when he went to bed, she gave him another sleeping draw, so that it went no better that night than the first. He was not able to keep his eyes open for all that the princess bawled and wept. But that night there was one of the workmen who worked in the room next to theirs. He heard the weeping and knew how things stood, and the next day he told the prince that she must become. The princess was to set him free. That day it was just the same story with the napkin as with the scissors and the flask. When it was about the end of time, the princess went outside the castle, took out the napkin and said, 
napkin, spread yourself out and be covered with all the dainty dishes. And there was meat enough and to spare for hundreds of men. But the princess sat down to table by herself. So when the old hag set her eyes on a napkin, she wanted to buy it. For all the roasting and boiling is worth nothing. We have too many mouths to feed. But the princess said, it was not for sale, for money, but if she might have leave to sleep with her sweetheart that night, she might have it. Well, she might have to do so and welcome, said the old hag, but she must first lull him to sleep and then wake him in the morning. So when he was going to bed, she came with the sleep draught, but this time he was aware of her and made as though he slept. But the old hag did not trust him for all that, for she took a pin and stuck it into his arm to try if he were sound asleep. But for all the pain it gave him, he did not stir a bit, and so the princess got leave to come into him. Then everything was soon set right between them, and if they could only get rid of the old hag, he would be free. So he got the carpenters to make him a door and a bridge over which the bridal train had to pass, for it was the custom there that the bride rode at the head of the train with their friends. So when they got well on the bridge, the trapdoor tipped up with the bride and all the other hags who were her bridesmaid. But King Valmon and the princess and all the rest of the train turned back to the castle and took all they could carry away of the gold and, the, and goods of the old hag. And so they set off to his own land and where they hold their own real wedding. And on the way King Valmon picked up those three little girls in the three huts and took them with them. And now she saw why it was he had taken her babes away and put them out at nurse. It was that they might help her to find him. And so they drank their bridal ale both stiff and strong.